Hi everyone, welcome to How to Activism with me, your host, Lila Eamon Lucas. This is your living, breathing, never-ending guide to teenage activism. My goal of this episode and this podcast in general is just to help other teenage activists. We need just like five times or like ten times the amount of teenage activists and activists in general right now there are in the world and especially the U.S. So I hope I can use this podcast and this this podcast generally and this episode to educate you and make you and I both better activists. Yeah, so let's dive in. guess based on the title of this episode and the episode description we're going to be talking today about party divisions um the differences in parties um and what your political identity is um I'm guessing hopefully um most of you all listening right now have a pretty good handle on the differences between the Democratic and Republican Party. Um, so mostly today, we're just going to be doing, um, well, at least I'm going to be focusing more on, like, um, the the different factions within the Republican Party and the different factions within the Democratic Party. For me, it seems like something I really, I, I wish someone had talked to me and kind of, like, explained to me. Um, because I'm basically all my life I've known, well, okay, no, that's not a good, I, that's not a good generalization. At, at least, definitely since, like, before the 2016 election, probably around the time I was, like, 9 or 10. I wasn't 9 or 10 in the 2016 election, but around then, I guess I knew I was, um, progressive and a Democrat, um, but I guess I didn't really, I didn't really have, like, a very good reason for it. I just sort of was, like... Yeah, like, I agree with them. Um, And then even through, like, I'd say, like, upwards of until last year, I just sort of kind of, like, waltzed around in life being like, yeah, like, I'm a Democrat. Yeah, woo-woo. And honestly, like, no one really explained to me that, like, there's just, like, such a fat difference between being, like, one kind of Democrat and being another kind of Democrat if you feel. Um, So I wanted to take this episode today, right now, um, and break down just kind of the differences between um, different kinds of Republicans, the differences between different kind of Democrats, um, and help you figure out what kind of Democrat or Republican, mainly, mainly Democrat, um, you are. Because I feel much more confident and educated talking about the Democratic Party. Um, But before we dive into that really quickly, I do want to play a little um, segment out of a YouTube video um, just so we can have like a little really quick like crash course on the differences between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. So when I dive into this, everyone is like same page, fully with it. We're all tight. We're all good. All right. I'm going to roll that landscape of the U.S. is dominated by the Republicans and the Democrats, who frequently have completely different economic views when it comes to one, ideology. Democrats can be considered left-leaning, so closer to socialism than the Republicans, but still more to the right than their European counterparts. 
Republicans can be considered right-leaning, so closer to, let's say, pure capitalism, but more to the left than, let's say, the Libertarian Party. 2. The Role of the State Republicans like the idea of less government interference and more free market capitalism, whereas Democrats think the government should be more present in our lives through things like deficit spending after a financial crisis to jumpstart the economy, more regulatory oversight, and so on. 3. Taxation Democrats stand firmly behind progressive taxation, so higher tax rates for those who earn more, whereas Republicans prefer less taxation in general, and perhaps even an eventual flat tax rate. 4. Healthcare Democrats like the idea of universal, government-provided health care, whereas Republicans would rather let private sector companies be in the spotlight. 5. Social safety nets Democrats tend to be more generous when it comes to government assistance through various programs such as food stamps, whereas Republicans want less of a burden on the taxpayer. 6. Defense Republicans are more willing to spend money on defense and law enforcement than Democrats, who prefer a more pacifist rhetoric. Finally, 7. National debt in theory, Republicans are more debt-averse than Democrats. However, both parties engaged in quite a bit of deficit spending over the years, as the U.S. debt level of roughly $20 trillion proves. Alright, so, um, I really, I chose that episode, or that, like, that video to kind of incorporate in a bit of it. Um, it's gonna be linked down below if you want to watch it, but I played... Um, most of it, uh, just so we could all kind of just start from the same place, um, and all, all right, so, um, I'm gonna keep this part of the podcast, this, like, little section, um, of the episode quick, um, efficient, very fast, because, honestly, I don't really want to dwell on the Republican Party very much, but I do believe it's important to be remotely educated on it and informed, because, that stuff's important. Um, yeah. So, um, anyway, so, as I describe both the Republican Party and then next the Democratic Party, um, I think I'm gonna be using kind of, like, the metaphor, metaphor, it's like a visual metaphor, um, in my show notes, I wrote, um, or I drew, like, a line, um, not the geometry kind, this, uh, does have an ending, um, yes, I am taking geometry right now, and yes, it is hard, um, but anyway, um, yes, imagine, like, I guess a segment. Oh my god, okay, I'm getting too mathy nerdy, and I'm, like, not even a math nerd. Just imagine a line, but, like, it has an ending. Um, and then imagine the line split right in half. Um, we are talking about the right side of that line split in half, okay? Um, so the furthest left side of the line is the political center, per se, and the furthest right side is essentially pure capitalism. Okay, um, so right now, as what usually happens within a party whose president is in power, um, for the most part, Republicans um, basically agree with Trump. Um, last I read, I think the statistic was 90, 90% support. Actually, that was before... Um, the, this whole impeachment inquiry and Ukraine scandal, but, um, it was, like, 90, 85, 90 percent, um, which, as a Democrat's, like, pretty shocking, but anyway, but it does actually make a lot of sense, um, Obama has, I think, a 95 percent approval rating from the Democratic Party, um, parties usually like the people they elect to be president, um, so I'm gonna actually rewind, because I've shouldn't have started talking about Trump just yet, um, but, okay, so, as I was saying before, imagine, like, the kind of, like, 
furthest left part um, of the right side of the line, um, the political center per se, imagine just like a tiny pit pass there. There is the House of Representatives member um, whose name is Justin Amash. He was elected as a Republican for multiple years, um, but this year just came out um, a couple months ago, or maybe it's been a year at this point. It was definitely before the midterms, though. I mean, after the midterms. Um, and just said, like, you know, basically, he, like, said without saying, he can't stomach Trump. He really doesn't like the Republican Party and where it is right now. Um, and he's decided that he's going to be an independent because he can't bear, like, the title of Republican. And then additionally, not run again because he's going to retire from politics after this. Um... But, yeah, he represents basically, um, not the political center, but, like, the slightest bit right, the right side, the slightest bit right side of, um, the political party. From everything I know about Justin Amash, he's been, in a lot of ways, voting with the Republicans. Um, he's obviously still conservative, even though he doesn't like Trump. I'm sure he still holds a lot of conservative views, um, so it's not like he's not a Republican, it's more that he just considers himself not a Trump Republican, which is very um, key, very important term, Trump Republican, file that back for later, we're going to come back to that in just a second. Um, so anyway, so we've talked about Justin Amash, now imagine about midway through the line, um, when you've got like, when you're like halfway to pure capitalism, um, put a little dot or a little point, um, in your head on that line. Uh, that line I will mark as the John McCain Republicans. This is very important. Um, I would say the 15 slash 10 percent of the Republican Party that does not like Trump, um, but does believe in the grand old party, does believe in pro-life, does believe, or mostly believes in pro-life, mostly has some, has some conservative views, um, they're, like, definitely guaranteed self-assured, self-assured Republicans, um, but they're not exactly, like, build that wall Republicans, if you feel, um, so John McCain, as you probably know, died a year or two, two ago I think it was two years ago um and he of course now I guess like just like ironically enough I I feel like metaphorically John McCain Republicans died with him because my understanding of the mentality in the Republican Party is like it is basically just um it's kind of just you either support Trump or you are no longer part of the party. <laughs> um, anyway, so John McCain part, um, John McCain, as you, if you were old enough maybe to remember it or not, um, was the Republican nominee in 2012 who ran against Obama, um, and said some nasty things. His, uh, vice president, or his vice presidential nominee, Sarah Palin, was the one who said, I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, in no way flawless, most definitely Obama critique, they're not exactly, like, your friendly Republican next-door neighbors, um, but they are not, yeah, like, screaming that immigrants are, Mexicans are rapists, um, or anything like that, 
Um, anyway, so then you move on, um, about three, okay, think like three quarters of the way from the center to pure, pure capitalism, um, and then when you're there, go like a couple more inches over towards capitalism, there you have Trump Republicans, um, these, I need no introduction, um, but essentially they are the crazy MAGA-wearing hat people that you see, um, at rallies, chanting, lock her up, and, um, send her, what did they chant for Illinois? Send her home? Send her away? Send her back. Send her back, yeah. Um, thus, Trump-supporting Trump Republicans. Um, and then just a couple steps past that, and I would say, like, not even a couple steps, but just, like, a tiny little smidge further, uh, we've got basically just the KKK and white supremacists and Proud Boys. Um, and then... And then that bleeds into pure capitalism, and we've gotten to the end of the Republican Party. Um, this one, as you'll see, is much quicker than the Democratic one because... Um, there is a president in power right now, um, and that is a very unify or like there's a Republican president in power right now, and that is very unifying for a political party. Okay, remember how I just said um, a few minutes ago that I want you to imagine one long line segment split in half? We just talked about the right side, like the right chunk of that line. Now it is time to talk about the left side of that line. Um, so, um, imagine the furthest right part of this line is, like, the breaking point. It's the center. Um, and imagine just, like, one or two, like, I, I said footsteps last time that's like not really a measure but like imagine just like a couple of inches um barely a few just like one or two inches well okay I don't know how big you're thinking in your head like literally just like the tiniest little sliver like you draw a line at the center and then you smudge it with your pen as far as far as the smudge little smudge thing goes Okay, okay, literally no one understands. Okay, just the tiniest bit past the center. Um, we have Joe Manchin. He is a senator from West Virginia. If you watched Knock Down the House, you, uh, one of the four women besides AOC, uh, one of the other three women running, who's running in West Virginia, she was running to, um, unseat Joe Manchin and be a more progressive option. Um, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, um, she lost, sadly, sorry, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched, uh, Knocked Down the House yet, but it's really good, anyway, watch that, um, detour, anyway, so, um, yeah, so there's Joe Manchin, he, like, is labeled as a Democrat, um, however, he really, I'd say he only really votes with the Democrats, like, 51, 52% of the time, um, in a lot of ways, he's, like, not really a Democrat. In a lot of ways, it is extremely, extremely annoying. Um, however, he does represent an extremely red state, and so it's kind of crazy that he can, like, hold on to his Senate seat. So, like, if that's what he's got to do, that's what he's got to do. Um, but, anywho, um, there's Joe Manchin, 
lovely, lovely Joe Manchin. Um, can you tell how much I love Joe Manchin? Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so now imagine um, about halfway through, okay, so how I said before, um, the furthest right you could go on the line, there was um, basically just like pure capitalism. Okay, so now the furthest left you can go on this, like, democratic line is communism. However, the Democrats, as um, I really hope you know, are not communists. Um, But um, imagine about, like, halfway through this line that we're talking about, I guess, between, like, Joe Manchin and communism um, is... The queen and um, lord and savior of 2018, Nancy Pelosi, um, kind of a style icon and most definitely a passive-aggressive clapping queen. Um, <laughs> uh, she is the speaker of the House of Representatives, as I hope you know. Um, so she marks very, like, she marks a very important part of the Democratic Party, which is. Uh, Okay, I don't I don't know how to say this without like being offensive. But like I guess like the most common or like basically cuz like party platforms, you know, are like always changing and in a lot of ways they seem to be like both just pushing further from the center. So like the Republican Party, as you probably know, has gone further right in the past like decade or two and the Democratic Party is just kind of now like experiencing that change. Uh, with people like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I'm going to talk about later. But right now, Nancy Pelosi basically represents the part of the party that, like, hasn't really changed. Um, And so she's like, don't get me wrong, she's amazing, and she's totally really great. Um, But I, as you maybe know, like, it took her a really long time to come out in support of impeachment. Um, there was that whole scandal with her and AOC around immigration, because AOC had a more progressive stance on it. I, I, I could talk about it kind of, like, for a really long time, <laughs> which is maybe why I have a podcast. Um, but, yeah, she essentially represents, um, the most, um, she, not the most moderate, but she represents a, a pretty moderate, um, kind of very in the middle, very common, uh, with older generation Democrats, um, yeah, and then I want to talk about just, like, really quickly the gap between her and Joe Manchin, um, there's, like, about a half line, the half of, the half of the, oh my god, like, this is so hard to explain, oh my gosh, on a podcast, I just wish I had a whiteboard in front of me, okay, um, basically, when we're talking about the space and who falls on the line between Nancy Pelosi and Joe Manchin, um, the people I kind of want to highlight right now are basically, um, extremely moderate Democrats who were able to, um, most of them are freshman Democrats right now who are just elected in 2018, um, and who represent districts that are, they're like, they're very purpley, I guess, or some of them have been long held by Republicans, but, like, Justin, not Justin Amash Republicans, but maybe, like, John McCain, or, like, less, more moderate, more moderate than John McCain, um, but somewhere in between Justin Amash and John McCain Republicans, um, and they were able to flip those districts blue, as I'm sure you all remember, um, uh, but they have to hold very, like, moderate positions, um, because if they go too far left, then they won't actually be representing their districts, and then they won't, 
they will lose uh, re-election in 2020. Um, so, it's just kind of, yeah. So, that's, that's where a lot of the freshman Democrats who flipped states blue are. Okay, so on the other side of Nancy Pelosi and heading in the direction of communism, okay, I feel like this is such a bad way to describe this. Okay, I'm not even gonna say communism anymore, because, like, literally, Democrats aren't communists. Oh my god, okay. Um, I'm just gonna say, like, heading towards the end of the line, heading in the lefter direction, um, is, well, okay, so we're gonna go kind of, like, we're gonna take, like, a big leap and go, um, basically the distance that we went from Justin, uh, or from Joe Manchin to Nancy Pelosi, not, like, the other half of the line, but, like, two-thirds of the line um we're gonna jump to AOC Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren now we're talking extremely progressive Democrats um these Democrats are basically the ones who are pushing the party left as I was saying earlier how parties have just been shifting further left and further right in the past few decades these are um, the ones pushing the party left and farther left and more progressive. Um, and then, kind of the gap in between Nancy Pelosi and AOC slash, like, Bernie Sanders slash, like, Elizabeth Warren, um, are all Democrats who, similar to AOC, um, represent, like, safe blue districts, um, but what they did is they primaried, um, they primaried a Democrat who is, like, very moderate and very, like, Nancy Pelosi-esque is, I guess, the way you could describe it. Um, very, like, kind of, insti- not, like, institutional, but, like, just, like, the way the Democratic Party has been for a while. Uh, yeah. So, they primaried them and won. Um, so, like, AOC is a Democratic Socialist. Um, her, like, the squad, you know, like, Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and Ayanna Presley are all, um, kind of, near her in their beliefs they're all pretty similar um and then a lot of other representatives including like my representative um and yeah and a lot of other representatives just they kind of fall in that gap between nancy pelosi and aoc um so i feel like that's kind of the best way to describe the house and senate um senators you can say like in general my senators are kind of near nancy pelosi and fall more in the like joe manchin nancy pelosi camp um as well as like a lot of democrats do the problem is like the house just like because they serve two-year terms instead of six-year terms are more like representative of the party and so like as the party moves more left the house is going to move left faster than the senate will um kind of a long thing don't really worry about it but um yeah that that'd be like my brief description of the house and senate democrats (laughs) Ew. Okay, so what's kind of so funny about this Democratic primary, um, this presidential primary, is that, um, you know how I basically described that the Republicans are pretty much in two slash, like, three-ish camps, and it's basically Justin Amash, who, like, left the party because even though they hold conservative beliefs, can no longer, like, be on the Republican spectrum, and then there's, like, basically just Trump, 
is is basically what it is. There is John McCain, but in a lot of ways, those people have become MAGA supporters. Um, they've either become MAGA supporters or Justin Amash supporters, kind of. Um, and and so, in a lot of ways, the Republican Party is either like our way or the highway, or like you're with us or you're not. Um, and then I described how the Democratic Party is like on this kind of rainbow of spectrums of different beliefs and different things, and everyone is kind of just coexisting. Uh, well, kind of funny enough, um, the Democratic primary is like the accumulation of all of that because there seems to be someone at every point on the spectrum, um, at every point running. Oh my gosh, that made literally no sense. Okay, wherever you are on the spectrum, if you're like half of the way to AOC, if you are like full on Nancy Pelosi, if you're like more progressive than Nancy Pelosi, um, but not as progressive as AOC, if you're like kind of more like Joe Manchin or like a little bit more than more progressive than Joe Manchin, but not quite Nancy Pelosi, if you fall a little bit less than Nancy Pelosi, but nowhere close to Joe Manchin, or a little bit more than Nancy Pelosi, but nowhere close to Bernie Sanders, um, you can see how it gets very complicated, and there are just kind of a million points to be at. Well, um, there seems to be about a million people running for president, too. Um, and all of them pretty much fall at different spots, but, like, every single spot on that spectrum. Um, so it's pretty funny, um, once you kind of examine it. Uh, but I'm just kind of going to run through, like, where all those people seem to be on the spectrum um, and how you can kind of, like, associate your beliefs, um, to help you figure out where you fall in the Democratic Party, um, whether you're a Democratic Socialist, where you're, whether you're not, um, so, anyway, so imagine, like, the line segment, right, um, and then as I was saying, like, Joe Manchin is just, like, tiny bit on, past the center on the left side, um, now, I want you basically to imagine, divide this line segment up into quarters, so there's four different pieces. Um, basically, right, imagine now, like, right before, um, imagine right before the breaking point between the segment that's connected to the center and then the first Okay, wait, okay, this is getting, like, really complicated. Okay, bear with me, I promise. I'm so sorry. Okay, so imagine you have, like, this fat, long line segment, right? And it's, like, the Democratic Party, one end is the center, the other enter, the other side's, like, communism, kind of. Um, now imagine the side closest to the center is one, segment one. Then the next one is two. The third one is three. And then the side that one side connects to the Democratic Party and the other side basically connects to communism is four. Okay? Great. Okay. So, right between the breaking point between segment one and segment two, um, before the breaking point, there's Joe Biden. Um, you probably might have heard a lot about him, but he is low-key the hero for, um, those funky Joe Manchin types. Um, okay, that might be, like, a little bit of an exaggeration. A lot of people in the Democratic Party like him, um, but it's mainly because he has a lot of um, pretty simple plans, and he wants you to stick to those simple plans. Um, yeah, he's not proposing massive, big, sweeping change. He is proposing the status quo, but um, if you are just so exhausted from Trump and the status quo and a president that you never think about 
sounds like a really good deal to you, then um, then he just might might be your guy. Um, so then, online segment two, but connecting to one and two. So, like, not that much past Joe Biden. Uh, we've got the wonderful and lovely Amy Klobuchar. Um, she's pretty cool. Um, her whole thing is she's like, I... I only promise what I can actually deliver on, um, and so she's been asked about, like, free college and stuff like that, and she's like, you know, like, that's just not gonna happen, and, um, you know, like, not everyone wants everyone's kids to go to college for free, and, like, what about billionaires or, like, the extremely wealthy, like, they can afford to send their kids to college, so why should we help them out, like, I don't know, smaller things, um, so she's just, she, her, yeah, but mainly she just proposes, like, she's like, I'm not proposing massive, big, sweeping change, I'm proposing only what I can deliver on, um, and because big change is hard to achieve, um, what she's promising is, is a pretty moderate position, um, anyway, so next, because we have to keep moving, oh my gosh, okay, wait, sorry, so, okay, next it goes to Pete Buttigieg, I saw this funny picture on Instagram, and it was, like, every guy in the Democratic Party who you may like, who's, like, running for president, there's just a female version of him, which I feel like is, like, so funny, um, but basically, um, Pete Buttigieg, you can kind of just consider, like, the male Amy Klobuchar, they can both, they both promise they can win the Midwestern states, um, they both have some political experience, except it's important to note here, Amy Klobuchar is a U.S. senator, and Pete Buttigieg is a small-town mayor. (laughs) Like, literally, oh my gosh, Pete Buttigieg is the mayor of the third, not first, not second, third largest city in Indiana. Like, oh my gosh. Like, literally, that's just, like, nothing. Like, oh my gosh. Like, you can't just say, like, Pete Buttigieg is a really good mayor, so, like, that qualifies him to be president, because he just, like, doesn't really... Okay, sorry, I don't mean to, like, leak my own biases in. I I could talk about this for a really long time, and I'll probably make an episode where I do. But in the meantime, um, consider Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg have sort of similar positions. Okay, and Buttigieg, by the way, is, like, in the middle of the second section. Okay, so, moving on next... Um, we've got Andrew Yang and Cory Booker, who are all sort of coming in at a similar place. Also, Kamala Harris is in this mix. Um, they are, at the beginning of segment three, they're pretty chill. They're like, you know, they're like, they're promising some big things, but not like a lot of big things, but like some big things. And they're taking some corporate money, taking money from other people. It's not like all grassroots, like, you know, like. They're feeling themselves, though, so go them, I guess. Um, so then next we move on to O'Rourke, um, who's kind of at the middle of segment three, and then Castro, who comes in sort of like at almost the end of the breaking point between like three and four-ish. Um, anyway, so four at this point basically is Democratic Socialists only. Um, four, first comes in Warren, and then Bernie, and then there's, like, a fat chunk, and then there's, like, socialism, and then there's, like, a longer fat chunk, and then there's communism. Yeah, 
Okay, so, um, well, and, yeah, AOC's also, like, pretty close to Bernie, um, but she's obviously not running for president, um, but anyway, yeah, so that was kind of, like, my rundown, um, I really recommend you doing research and figuring out who you support, um, but uh, what I really wanted to do, I didn't make this episode just to be, like, you should support this person and you should support that person, um, I might make an episode on why I really like Elizabeth Warren, um, but that's, like, a longer conversation and a different conversation. In the meantime, I just want to highlight, um, that everyone, that, that the world of politics and political identity is not as black and white as Democrat and Republican, and I hope that's really what I taught you today, um, because being, obviously, like, a Justin Amash or a John McCain or a Trump or a KKK supporter, um, are all very different Republican positions and being a Joe Manchin Democrat and being an Nancy Pelosi Democrat and being an AOC Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren Democrat are all very different and it's important to learn about and research and figure out those ideological and like political party specific differences. thanks so much for listening to this episode um I had a really good time enjoying uh like researching and just kind of like learning more about political divisions and um breaks and splits and stuff um yeah so thanks so much for listening to this check back here I'm releasing episodes every Sunday um yeah keep reading the news Keep paying attention. This impeachment stuff is uh, getting crazy if you're listening to this uh, recently. Literally, it's just been like the craziest two, two maybe three weeks at this point. And uh, it's honestly, I have like literally no idea what's going to happen in the next two weeks. But I am kind of scared, but little deep down kind of happy um, that this feels like a real breaking point for the Democrats. Um, but anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye.